Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is the 24th of May in the year 2012, and we are in the meditation hall. Um, assemblies of stars in the low hamlet, Plum Village. The ordination of a novice will take place in 40 days on July the 4th. So the aspirants have 40 days in order to prepare. And you have the time to inform your family and invite them to come and participate in the ordination ceremony. You have to write a letter asking for ordination very soon. And uh, the next uh, family of uh, novices will be uh, the Azalis, Azalis family. That is uh, two days before the summer opening. Because uh, this year, summer opening will begin by uh, the 6th of uh, July. Dear friends, uh, the practice uh, of Plum Village is the practice of mindfulness. Mindfulness brings concentration and insight that can help us uh, to transform and to nourish. And mindfulness is the kind of energy that we, we generate with the practice. It's like a solar energy. If we know how to, to uh, capture the solar energy, and then we have uh, energy for cooking, for hot water, for light, and so on. So solar energy can be used in many ways to heat the house, to cook, uh, to, uh, to have the light. And uh, to run your refrigerator on and so on. But the energy of mindfulness uh, is not coming from outside like uh, solar energy. It's coming from inside. And if we are a good practitioner, we'll be able to generate and store that energy in ourselves. If we know how to walk mindfully, if we know how to breathe mindfully, to sit mindfully, to brush our teeth mindfully, to cook mindfully, and then every moment of the day can be a moment um, to generate the energy of uh, mindfulness. We can make use of that energy right away and we can store that energy within ourselves. The energy can be used in many ways. First of all, uh, the energy of mindfulness helps us to bring our mind back to our body. 
and that can be done very quickly. In our daily life, uh, very often our body is there, but our mind is elsewhere. So we are not truly there to live our life. We are caught in the past, we are caught in the future, we are caught in our anger, frustration, uh, our projects. We are not truly there in the here and the now in order to live our life. So with some energy of mindfulness, we can bring our mind home to our body, and there we are in the here and the now to live our life. And it can be done just in one second or two seconds. Like uh, when we have the, the electricity, you just push on the button and the whole uh, house will be lighted very quickly. But many people live um, without uh, light, without mindfulness. They are there but are not truly alive because their mind is caught in the, in the future. They worry, they, they are afraid of the future. Uh, they are caught by the regret and the sorrow concerning the past. They get angry, so, so, so they are not truly there to live their life. And mindfulness is the kind of energy uh, that can help us uh, to bring our mind home to our body and begin to live truly every moment of our daily life. Uh, when you breathe in mindfully, you bring your mind home to your body and suddenly you realize that you have a body. <coughs> Otherwise you forget that you have a body. You might be caught in your computer uh, three hours, four hours, and you are completely uh, alienated from your body. And even your body is aging, uh, is full of stress, you don't know. So just with one um, act of mindful breathing, a few seconds of mindful breathing can bring your mind home to your body and uh, reconcile with your body and feel at home with your body. This is very important. And when you are in touch with your body, you can be in touch with Mother Earth in your body. You can be in touch with all the wonders of life uh, surrounding your body and in your body. It's very important, the energy of mindfulness. So mindfulness helps us to bring our mind back to our body to connect with life. And mindfulness helps us to uh, uh, realize that there is tension in our body. There may be a lot of tension and pain in your body, but you don't know. You let you just let your body to suffer like that. You don't know how to intervene and to help your body. But when you are home to your body, you you know what to do. You breathe in. You become aware of your body, and you breathe out, and you allow your body to release the tension. And you feel much better after just a few minutes of mindful breathing. And that is uh, the work of uh, the energy of mindfulness. Releasing the tension and reduce the pain in your body. And get the nourishment from being in touch with the wonders of life, refreshing and healing uh, in you and around you. You cannot do that without the energy of mindfulness.
then mindfulness helps you to generate a feeling of joy. Because you are home in the here and the now, so you are in touch with many conditions of happiness you already have. That is why it's very easy to generate a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness. A good practitioner always is always capable of generating in the here and the now a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness, and help another to do the same. If you have the energy of mindfulness in you, you can do that. And then the, with mindfulness, you can recognize a painful feeling. You can recognize a, a painful emotion. And uh, you can uh, help uh, embrace tenderly that painful feeling or emotion in order to calm it down and to suffer less. And those who do not have mindfulness, they try always to run away from their pain, their emotion. And when the pain and the emotion is so overwhelming, Mm, they they commit suicide because they don't have the energy of mindfulness. So mindfulness helps us to handle created happiness. Mindfulness helps us uh, mm, handle and calm our our pain, our sorrow, and create uh, well-being. So that is why a good practitioner knows how to make use of her time in order to, uh, to generate the energy of mindfulness, to store the energy of mindfulness. Uh, every one of us has a seat of mindfulness in our consciousness. And without the practice, that seat is very tiny. But if we practice mindful breathing, mindful walking, mindful washing, mindful eating every day, and then that seat of mindfulness becomes important in us. And every time, every time we need the energy of mindfulness, we just touch that seat, and it will provide us with a lot of energy. We just push on the, uh, the button on, and then there will be mindfulness for us to, to use, either to, uh, to produce joy, happiness, or to to, to handle the suffering. And the practice is uh, pleasant too because you don't have to suffer uh, during the practice of uh, mindfulness. Suppose you, you go to the bathroom, you might choose to, to do it in mindfulness. And the bathroom can be a place to practice mindfulness also. 
you can open the door mindfully. And during the time you open the door, you generate the energy. And you close the door behind you mindfully. So any actor can help uh, uh, generate and store the energy of mindfulness. When I was uh, 16, as a novice, one day my teacher asked me to go and do something for him. I was very eager to do that for him, so I quickly went out and uh, closed my door behind me, not in mindfulness, but make uh, a noise. So he called me back, and he, he said, Novice, my child, you have to go out again and close the door mindfully. So that is the that is how I learned how to close the door behind me in mindfulness. He did not have to teach me another time. Just one time is enough. And when I was in America talking with uh, Thomas Merton, I told him about this uh, event. I said that my master told me how to, how to close the door behind me in mindfulness, and he did not have to teach me twice. And uh, there was a lady who came from Germany. She's a Catholic. One day she listened to a, a Dhamma talk by Thomas Merton. Well, you can call it a Dhamma talk. <laughs> and Thomas Merton told the story of uh, Thais uh, closing the door behind him. So she was very curious, and she tried to come to Plum Place with the purpose to see how Thay uh, closed the door behind him. <laughs> he spent uh, many weeks with us practicing in Plum Village. And, uh, and uh, we did not know that she was uh, uh, observing us, <laughs> how he closed the door. <laughs> she did not tell us. Until the last day, uh, during a, a tea meditation, she revealed that she had come by just by curiosity to see where, how we close the door when we uh, uh, enter uh, uh, a hall. And she told us the story that she had uh, listened to the talk given by Father Thomas Merton, and she came just out of curiosity, and that she enjoyed very much the few weeks she stayed with us practicing mindfulness. And when you open um, the faucet, the water faucet, you can do it mindfully. And when the water running, you smile. You are aware that the water is running. And you know that the water has come from deep down uh, and in the earth, uh, up uh, uh, high up from the mountain. And with mindfulness, you can, where you can, you can look at the water flowing like that, and you can see the water from the source. Mindfulness can help you to see things that other people cannot see. And when your finger uh, feels uh, the coolness of water, you feel very happy, 
you are in touch with the mountain. Uh, you know that the water has come from the mountain, and that can be a moment of happiness. And that happiness is uh, uh, given you, uh, generated by mindfulness. And when you brush your teeth, you can choose to brush your teeth in mindfulness. And you take a pleasure in brushing your teeth. You don't have to hurry up in order to finish it uh, as quickly as possible. No, you take the time to enjoy brushing your teeth. So every moment of the time you are in a, in a, a bathroom, and you can practice mindfulness. And it's pleasant also. It's worth living the time to wash your face, uh, to uh, go to the toilet, uh, brushing your teeth. Um, can also be uh, pleasant. Like when you uh, when you put on uh, uh, your jacket, you might like to do that in mindfulness. After I was ordained as a novice, my teacher gave me a book of verses to memorize. And there are about 52, 54 verses that a novice has to, has to memorize in order to practice mindfulness. When he put on his jacket, he should be aware that he is putting on his jacket. And breathing in, he read one line of the verse. Breathing out, he, he read one line of the verse mentally. So he was entirely with uh, the act of uh, putting on the jacket. His mind is in the here and the now. He's aware of what he, he is doing. Uh, in that moment, he, was, he is alive. He knows what is going on. And knowing what is going on is the energy of mindfulness. Because the energy of mindfulness is the energy that allows you to know what is going on. What is going on is that you are breathing in and out, and you are putting on your jacket. You don't think of another thing, the past, the future, and so on. And when uh, the novice button up his vest, there is also a... <laughs> It was for him to uh, to do that. And when uh, the novice brushed his uh, teeth, there is one verse. Even when he urinates, there is a verse for him to practice. So you have to memorize uh, all the verses in order to, to practice mindfulness in your daily life. And you know that uh, at that time, uh, I had to practice um, the verses in uh, classical Chinese. There's no translation in Vietnamese yet. And now you have uh, uh, the verses in Vietnamese, in French, and in English. You can find it in uh, the Chinese book of Plum Village. You can uh, you can try you can try to memorize a number of verses, and every day uh, 
you, you can you can make use of these gathas in order to practice mindfulness and to live always in mindfulness. The first gatha that you practice is when you wake up in the morning. Like waking up in the morning, um, uh, you may like to begin your day with breathing in. And breathing out with the gatha, it goes like this. Um, um, breathing in, I know that uh, that the Waking up this morning, I have uh, 24 brand new hours to live. And I will cherish these 24 hours, and I will learn how to look at people around me with the eyes of compassion. So you begin your day with like that. You are still uh, lying on your bed, but the first thing you do is um, to breathe in and to recognize that you are you are given 24 brand new hours to live your life. And you should cherish uh, these 24 hours. And you, can, you, you should promise that you live uh, deeply these uh, 24 hours and not waste them. And in uh, Vietnam, there, was, um, there are mosquitoes. So many of us uh, sleep in a mosquito net. Yeah, as a novice, I used to um, <coughs> to stick a, a, an autumn leaf uh, uh, on the mosquito net. And when he woke up, he saw the uh, autumn leaf and he remembered to practice uh, breathing in and breathing out with the first gata, with the first uh, verse. Breathing in. Uh, waking up this morning, I uh, I see the I see the blue sky. I uh, know that I have twenty four hours brand new to live, and I feel thankful uh, for life to life, and I make the vow to live these twenty four hours uh, deeply, and learn to look at people around me with the eyes of compassion. And the next segata that you that you uh, that you practice is um, when you when you use your feet in order to search for slippers. It's forty at uh, four o'clock in the morning. Four, four. <laughs> so it's still dark, and you have not lighted uh, the, the 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 lamp. There's no electricity in the temple no running water in the temple. So you wake up um, and then you, uh, you have to, uh, to, uh, to search for your slippers. And during the time you, you, you search for your slippers, you, you, uh, you recite a gata, and it goes like this. Uh, from the morning until evening, late in the evening, everyone has to has to take care of himself or herself. If by chance I step in one of you, I'm sorry. When the insect 
I uh, vowed that you will be reborn quickly to the uh, to the pure land. So that is uh, to remember that in our daily life, um, by accident we might crush uh, an insect under our feet, and that gata is um, to uh, generate the feeling of compassion in you. Because we know that without compassion, a person is lonely. A person cannot relate to any other living beings, and she cannot be a happy person. And that is why you have to practice um, uh, compassion generating. And that is uh, that energy of compassion is uh, is brought to you by the energy of mindfulness. And when you brush your teeth there is one uh, verse. When you wash your face, there is one, one, uh, one uh, verse. When you button up your vest, there is uh, one. And when I grew up as a young monk, uh, I had the opportunity to, to write a new, new verses. For instance, uh, I wrote a, a verse on riding a bicycle. Because uh, at the time I, I was a novice, uh, not many people have cars in the country. And to have a bicycle, well, you are rich already. <laughs> and I am one of the six first monks in Vietnam to ride a bicycle. It's very modern, <laughs> very uh, new fashion. Uh, uh, to for a monk to ride a bicycle, and mm. I was one of the first six monks to to ride a bicycle. Very fancy. <laughs> and that is why I wrote uh, a gatha for riding a bicycle. <laughs> and later on, he uh, later he he wrote one. Uh, for using uh, uh, for 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 boarding an airplane, uh, for using a computer, a typewriter, and so on. So, in the chanting book, uh, you have a few modern uh, verses, and the practice uh, begin at the time of the Buddha. And in the Atvatamsaka Sutta, there are a number of verses like that. And in a monastery, they make use of these uh, verses, and they uh, create uh, more verses for the daily practice of uh, monks and novices and so on. And I think uh, that kind of civilization, that way of life, can be adopted by those of us who are not monastics, but who would like to practice mindfulness. So it's very nice to learn by heart a number of uh, of verses in order to practice mindfulness, in order to have the opportunity to generate uh, mindfulness uh, several times uh, a day.
Okay, uh, I have to tell you that uh, at the time they practiced as a novice in the monastery, there was no toilet inside. No running water, no electricity. Uh, as a novice, uh, they had to go to the well and take, uh, fetch the water and carry the water to the monastery for cooking, for, 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 for washing and so on. And when you want to, to have a shower, you will have to go to the well. <laughs> and when you want to wash uh, your clothes, you have to go to the well. And in order to cook uh, the meal for the Sangha, you have to, uh, to go and fetch uh, the wood. Uh, to gather wood. And um, we know this is sometimes uh, you have to go to the hills in order to, uh, to gather um, pine needles and make a heap of pine needles behind the kitchen because we, we use pine needles in order as fuel to cook rice and to cook soup for, for the Sangha. And it's very rare that we have soap that is why uh, washing the dishes for the Sangha, we have to use um, uh, ash, the ash from, for the kitchen, from the kitchen. And you want to go to the restroom, there's no restroom in the monastery, you have to go to the hills. Uh, you go into nature like other li- living beings. There's no toilet paper. You have to use um, leaves, especially uh, banana leaves is the best. <laughs> and uh, at the time, I was a novice. In order to urinate, you have to sit down, and you, you cannot stand like today. You have to sit down discreetly and urinate. And... Uh, uh, in order to defecate, you also have to go to the hills. Because surrounding the temple, there were many hills. And after you, uh, you dry yourself with some leaf, uh, and then you have to stop by, by the creek in order to wash again for the second time. But um, that did not prevent us to be happy. This uh, time as novice was a very very happy time. And they told us that uh, if you are happy as a novice, you'll be happy all your life as a monk. So to be a happy novice is very important. Now we have uh, opened the door for young people to uh, practice as a monk for five years three years as a novice and two years as a fully ordained monk. And after that, they can continue if they like it. Otherwise, uh, they can become a lay Dharma teacher and go back to their lay life uh, to make a living.
So why we are in Plum Village, um, the most important thing is that we learn how to live in mindfulness, how to uh, generate the energy of mindfulness. Because with that energy, we can do everything. We can uh, create uh, joy and happiness. Joy and happiness are also energies. We can help uh, transform ourselves. We can transform our suffering, our fear, our anger, with the energy of mindfulness. And uh, when you live together with uh, a community of practitioners, Mm, the basic thing to do every day is to generate mindfulness. You can be very helpful. You can cook, you can clean, you can garden, you can do many things to serve the Sangha. And there are those of us who are very talented in serving the Sangha. But the most important contribution that we offer when we are a member of the community is to generate mindfulness. While you water the vegetable garden, while you cook for breakfast for the community, while you clean the toilet, you practice mindfulness. And you set an example for other people and for the people who just come to practice with us. You are fresh, you are alive, you are always in the here and the now. You are a sample of uh, the practice. And together with other people, you generate uh, a collective uh, energy of mindfulness, of peace, of joy, of brotherhood. And that is something very precious, the collective energy of mindfulness, of peace, of compassion, of brotherhood and sisterhood is, uh, is the most precious thing that you can offer to your beloved one, and to the world. And that can be only produced by the practice. You cannot go and buy that energy of mindfulness from, from the market. It's like uh, you, you cannot buy it like uh, batteries, or uh, uh, gasoline, uh, or gas. No, you have that energy you have to generate. And you get the nourishment and transformation by using this kind of collective energy of mindfulness generated by, by the whole community. And when the, a Sangha, a community, can produce uh, the energy of mindfulness, and then that Sangha is a real Sangha. A real community, it has a value because uh, it is a true Sangha. If there is a, uh, the collective of mindfulness, and then the, you, the Sangha and everyone in the Sangha can produce uh, the feeling of joy, the feeling of happiness. And the Sangha can make use of that collective uh, energy of mindfulness in order to help um, uh, calm down the suffering, the pain. 
and finally to uh, to 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 transform them. If someone who just come with a lot of suffering, that someone should know how to make good use of the collective energy of mindfulness. Because uh, he is a beginner in the practice, he does not know how to generate uh, enough mindfulness in order to take care of his uh, pain and sorrow and despair. So that is why he has to make good use of the collective uh, energy of mindfulness generated by the whole Sangha. He should allow himself to be embraced by the Sangha. He should not stay as uh, a drop of water. He should uh, try to become a river. He should open himself and allow the Sangha to embrace him with the energy of mindfulness. Sitting in the Sangha, walking with the Sangha, he can uh, breathe in and out and allow himself to be transported by the Sangha. Dear Sangha, I'm here with my pain, my sorrow, my fear. Alone, I cannot uh, embrace it and transform it. So please help recognize it, embrace it with me. And if uh, the practitioner uh, knows how to do that, to allow his pain and sorrow to be recognized and embraced by the Sangha, he will feel better. And he will get uh, relief and transformation later. later. That is why uh, the most um, um, important contribution for a person, of a person living in the Sangha, is to help um, generating that energy of mindfulness. Because the collective energy of mindfulness is the value of a, of a Sangha. It has the power to embrace, to heal, and to produce joy, happiness, and healing. Mm. And uh, we, need, we need that talent very much. Because uh, everyone in a Sangha has a different kind of talent. And that person can use his talent or her talent in order to serve the Sangha. But the most important contribution is the talent to generate the energy of mindfulness. When a person got uh, healing, transformation, um, because he has, uh, he has, he has been able to uh, to make good use of the collective energy of mindfulness and compassion, and then when he go home, he may notice the suffering in his family and in his environment, and he would like to do something to help them. Because he needs 
to continue the practice of mindfulness. And if around him there is no uh, sangha uh, uh, to practice, and then uh, he will lose his mindfulness little by little. He will be carried away by the kind of uh, forgetful life outside. And that is why he needs, uh, you know, he needs uh, to set up a group of people practicing mindfulness in order to help him to maintain his practice. It's like a solar energy after you have used uh, it for a few weeks, it will run out. You have to, to get the new energy again. And if uh, you are happy in the Sangha, but uh, if you go home and you cannot continue the practice, you will run out of that energy. And that is why you have to set up a, a group of practitioners in your town, in your quarter, in order to continue your practice of generating the energy of mindfulness. And by doing so, you help other people. Other people uh, may be suffering very much the same way you have suffered. And if you can provide them with a sangha, with the collective energy of mindfulness and compassion, and then they can come and profit from that energy and get transformation and healing. And that is why a good practitioner always think of setting up a, a group of practitioners uh, in his uh, town uh, in order to, um, to, uh, to keep uh, his... Um, uh, practice uh, alive and to help other people also. And that is why Sangha building is very important. That is why at the end of a, a retreat we always have a meeting about Sangha building so that everyone know what to do uh, when they go home to continue their practice and to help other people uh, practice. In uh, the Buddhist tradition, we speak of the, the three jewels and, uh, and uh, taking refuge uh, in the three jewels, and the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. The Sangha is something very concrete. The Sangha is made of people, you and me and him and her very concrete. And the Sangha has a concrete practice, walking mindfully, sitting mindfully, cooking mindfully, eating mindfully. And when you are a good practitioner, you are happy when you sit, you radiate happiness and solidity and freedom and joy. When you are a good practitioner, you enjoy every step when you walk. You don't suffer. You enjoy every, every step. And when you are a good practitioner, you are happy when you eat your lunch. Every moment of eating lunch, you generate energy of mindfulness. You enjoy the food. You enjoy the co-practitioners sitting close to you, around you. So every woman can be a woman of happiness. And uh, 
and uh, a sangha that has a good practice that is capable of generating the collective energy of mindfulness and concentration and um, joy uh, is a, a real sangha. And a real sangha always carries within herself a real Buddha. Because Buddha is uh, someone that has, uh, that is inhabited by the energy of mindfulness and compassion. So if the Sangha has mindfulness and compassion, the Sangha is the Buddha. The, the Sangha carries the Buddha inside. And when you look at the Sangha, you see the Buddha. The Buddha is the energy of mindfulness and compassion and joy. And when you see a member of the Sangha sitting happily, relaxing, smiling, and you see the Buddha in him right now. And you see also the Dharma, because uh, the Dharma is the living Dharma, the living Buddha, the living Dharma. When you see a good practitioner, you see the living Dharma in him or in her. When you see a good practitioner, you see the living Dharma in him or in her. The living Dharma is not the, the spoken Dharma or the written Dharma. The spoken Dharma or the written Dharma is not the living Dharma yet. When you apply that, uh, that teaching into your life, in the act of breathing or walking or sitting or eating or washing, uh, you create uh, the energy of mindfulness and joy and compassion. And you are the living Dharma. The living Dharma makes you happy. So when you observe a, a, a real Sangha, you can get in touch with the living Buddha and the living Dharma in the Sangha. Otherwise, Buddha and Dharma are something abstract. But if you know how to get in touch with the Sangha, Sangha is something very real, tangible. And you can get in touch with the living Buddha and the living Dharma. You, you no longer say that the Buddha lived uh, 2,500 years ago. He belonged to the past. That's not correct. It's like to say that, uh, well, the cloud I saw yesterday in the sky is no longer. It belongs to the past. Because if you um, hold your tea mindfully, you can see that uh, your tea is a continuation of the cloud. So the Buddha is not something belong to, belonging to the past. The Buddha is available in the here and the now. Uh, in a new form of manifestation. If you look into a practitioner that is joyful, that is compassionate, that is helpful, uh, happy, uh, 
you can see the continuation of the Buddha in him or in her. It's like when you look at the yati, you see the continuation of the cloud. So you can smile to the cloud in yati. You can smile to the Buddha in him or in her because she is a good practitioner. She is a continuation of the Buddha. And you can be a continuation of the Buddha if you like. The moment when you breathe mindfully in and you smile happily alive, you are a continuation of the Buddha. But you have to continue. Otherwise, you are only a part-time Buddha. You should be a full-time Buddha. A full-time Buddha is a Buddha, is a person, is a practitioner who practices mindfulness all day long. So don't look for the Buddha, for the Buddha in the sky. Don't look for celestial Buddhas. Not very practical. You, you look for Buddha in him or in her. You look for the, the real Buddha in yourself. And the Buddha cannot be there without the Dharma, the living Dharma. And the Buddha, the living Dharma and the living Buddha can be seen in a living Sangha. And you have the power to help the, 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 the real Sangha to manifest. So let us behave like a solar panel. We have to receive and store the energy of mindfulness every moment. And not only for ourselves, for other people also. Because when we practice well, when we reduce suffering in ourselves, when we are able to smile, when we transform our suffering, we do that for our ancestors. Because maybe our ancestors have not had a chance to encounter the practice, the Dharma. And they have not been able to transform their suffering. And they have um, transmitted the suffering to us. That is why sometimes we feel heavy. We do not understand why, where that suffering has come from. But if we practice mindfulness, we be able to recognize um, that this suffering we carry within ourselves uh, also carries the suffering of our father, our mother, our ancestors. And the suffering in us may reflect also the suffering of the world. So if we know how to embrace it and transform it, we do that not only for ourselves. We do that for our parents, our ancestors, and for the world. And when we feel light, if you're liberated from our suffering, be able to look and understand the suffering of other people and help them to transform like we have transformed our own suffering. And helping people can bring a lot of joy and happiness to us. And that is the vow, the energy of a bodhisattva.
So every one of us can be a Bodhisattva, can be a Buddha. A Bodhisattva is a mindful person. Bodhi is uh, enlightened. Mindful. Mindfulness is already enlightenment. Sattva is a being. Bodhi is enlightened, enlightened being. And it is possible for us to become an enlightened being now by breathing in mindfully, by walking mindfully. And uh, a Bodhisattva is inspired by the desire to help other people to suffer less, to transform their, their suffering. And it is possible for every one of us to be Bodhisattva in the here and the now. <laughs> 